The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Five after eight, Ron Gordon from Edward Jones is on. Ron, the markets are rallying a little bit. And uh, what do you think is driving this, huh? Yeah, so it's uh, been some pretty good stuff. So we're not seeing quite as much momentum going into January as we had coming out of 2023, Mm -hmm. December. But what we are seeing is that those Magnificent Seven, right, Uh, Apple, Amazon, Google, those guys are still moving uh, up quite a bit. Uh, So it's it's adding some good um, growth to the S&P 500. Um, but we are starting to see some widening gaps between some of these winners and some of the losers. What that's doing? Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, that's, that's okay. Doing, it's Monday. There's not enough coffee in the world to work today. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> what the, the big thing is is that we're starting to see that mutual funds that are value funds, or you know, that all of these different. Uh, companies are, are, are investments that are in people's 401ks are actually uh, starting to have more and more concentrated levels of the same stocks. And so it's posing a little bit of a concern on the rebalance side, but you want to be a little bit more careful on that. But overall, uh, it's being driven by by a very few handful of stocks on the S&P 500. Yeah, see, that is a bit of a concern because uh, you don't have the uh, the growth everywhere. It's just in a few, and I would dare say, kind of uh, government-favored stocks in some ways, too. You know, that uh, a lot of government seems to have a lot of back of some of these uh, these big ones, the fangs, in some case, right? Would that be fair? Yeah, I, I would say that the, that that would kind of be true. Um, it's It seems that we're in a race here to try and get this um, AI um, information. Uh, I, I really don't know how else to put it, but the, the AI market, we need to get it before the Chinese or anybody else in the world gets it. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where they're, they're focusing it, the attention on right now. All right. Very good. If people have questions and would like to uh, say, hey, I'm tired of losing, <laughs> yep. how about getting some winning going on? And uh, you're happy to talk with them. 734-0070-734-0070. Is there any news this week that will be coming out, like, uh, you know, any particular uh, Fed meetings or anybody? Earnings is all over, right? It was like, we know the good or the bad news, right? Yeah, 76% of the companies have reported earnings so far this year for Q3, or I'm sorry, Q4. Um, what we will be seeing is December 31st, so that's next week is when the Fed is going to be coming out. All right, very good. Appreciate the call, 734-0070. You can talk with Ron over at Edward Jones. We'll see you tomorrow, Ron. You take care. That's great. Thanks so much, Bill. All right. Thank you. Eight minutes after eight at uh, KMED and KCMD. And another great friend of the program, Dr. Dennis Powers, will be joining me here in a couple of minutes. After the Kim Commando digital update, we'll talk some history. We'll talk some political news, other news. And uh, maybe we can even dig into the uh, the Ashland Camping Ordinance. I'll talk with him. Sherm was wondering if uh, if the doc knew anything about it, but we'll kick it around coming up. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority in post-frame and steel buildings for over 20 years.
The email of the day on the Bill Myers Show, sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry. See all they have to offer at centralpointfamilydentistry.com and call for an appointment. Dr. Steve Nelson and his staff are next to Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant, just off Pine in Central Point. Another satisfied customer of Stephen Westfall Roofing, Inc. I just wanted to say how pleased we are with our new roof. All of our workers were friendly, efficient, and hardworking. From the initial phone call to the install, I feel Chester gave me great advice on the perfect roof for our home. Many of my neighbors have already told me how nice our new roof looks and how fast it went up. I was very pleased with the cleanup as well. I will highly recommend Stephen Westfall Roofing to anyone. Thanks again. William Colson, Eagle Point, Oregon. CCB number 230804. It's week number one for Apple's new Vision Pro headset, and there's no question this mixed reality headset is the most advanced consumer tech product perhaps ever. But will you fork over big bucks for this luxury item? I'm Kim Commando, brought to you by Simply Safe. Save 20% on a new Simply Safe system with a fast protect plan by visiting simplysafekim.com. Here's the bottom line no one needs this Apple headset. People will want one, though. We were told that the price was $3,500, which is correct for one with just 256 gigabytes of memory. But for all this thing can do, 256 gigs limits its performance. You really need one terabyte of memory. That takes the price to four grand. You're going to want a protective storage case, too. That's 200. And then there's Apple Care, 500. And if you wear glasses, you're going to need your prescription built right into the headset lenses. Another 150. And no one but you can use it. Enter to win a $1,000 brand new computer right now at commando.com slash win. 37,000, 25, 1. Three numbers to remember to get the visibility and control you need to make the right business decisions instantly. 37,000, that's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. And this year is NetSuite's 25th anniversary. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. And finally, the number one, because your business is one of a kind. NetSuite offers customized solutions for all your KPIs in one efficient system. That's one source of truth to manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist, designed to give you consistently excellent performance, absolutely free, at netsuite.com slash kim. That's netsuite.com slash kim to get your very own KPI checklist. That's netsuite.com slash kim. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. This is The Bill Myers Show. And he is Dr. Dennis Powers, retired professor of business law, area historian, overall great guy, author of many excellent books, by the way. You can find out more at DennisPowersBooks.com. Doc, always a pleasure. How are you doing today? Always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, it starts off my Monday with a real good, with good gusto. All right. Uh, have you ever received a, uh, I have to go back to uh, Dr. Glenn Gamer, who we had on here a, a few minutes ago. We were talking about this uh, class action lawsuit he's moving forward with and uh, going after the city over a red light camera that was mistimed over at uh, East Barnett, I'm sorry, Barnett rather, and East Stewart and We've been talking about this the last couple of years. Have you or Judy ever gotten a ticket there? Just curious. Uh, in terms of getting a ticket there, uh, no. Okay. Uh, but uh, go ahead. All right. Go I ahead. just want to make sure. I'm just looking for people who will join the class. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy. I've been in enough classes. <laughs> yeah. But you being an attorney, I think you'd appreciate this. Uh, Dr. Gamera was talking about how difficult it was to find a good attorney who was willing to uh, to 
go after the city because the city had locked up so many uh, lawyers in the area. And then the, the attorneys then say, I'm sorry, we'd like to help you, but, uh, you know, it'd be a conflict, right? It's, I'll bet that uh, makes it pretty tough going after well, a government. That, that's the classic situation. I've even run into that before. You have? Uh, it's, it's, oh, yeah, it's classic uh, where in a specific area, I mean, it could be a state, you know, it could be, uh, you know, traffic. Uh, but what happens is, is that when attorneys say uh, to the city, gee, I'm really sorry, uh, but... Uh, uh, I have a, a client. There could be a conflict, even with a conflict that takes that attorney off the list, and then they just keep on going down. But that that in a small town, that's that's part of the situation. Okay, well, it's uh, good to know that. And it took him many many months of work in order to find someone. Finally, had to go to Tualatin. You know, even up in Portland, uh, so many of them had done business with the city that they they could not, you know, put that at risk, that kind of thing. But I thought it was pretty interesting. And you you can't find anybody to uh, do your case. Finally, you did. Well, it, it's the tentacles of city government. It really is. Uh, you know, I, I've had, uh, you know, somewhat uh, touches with it, with city councilors uh, who are unhappy with a city council. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that it's the tentacle, the tentacles of a government that, uh, frankly, has been really... Uh, outmaneuvered in Ashland, uh, and you know it even better than I do as to what's happening in Medford and also in terms of the county. Yeah, indeed. So I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll set that aside here in a moment. Let's talk. Let's talk history first, and then we'll come back to the uh, the drudgery of the regular news. <laughs> All right. Let's look back at a time in which uh, we didn't have to worry about pronouns because someone would have looked sideways at you. You know, if you. Yeah, you know, is, you know, if someone if someone had walked up to George S. Patton back in the day and said, uh, you know, uh, General Patton here, uh, sir, uh, we're going to be uh, applying for an award in your name here. Uh, what's your pronoun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also, uh, you know, you can call me ma'am uh-huh. <laughs> as he's in the platoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but actually, it is a World War II story that we're focusing oh, on today. It, it is with a Rogue Valley connection, and it's called Two Bits. The World it's, War II War Hero. It's a really, it's a great story. I have to credit Jeff Leland, uh, who is an outstanding writer, historian, historian as you know, the Southern Oregon Historical Society, like I've been as a lifetime member. But in any event, it was a determined fox terrier by the name of Two Bits who became a canine war hero during World War II. But, you know, Bill, it wasn't due to his feats in combat no. under fire. It was surviving, and this is where all of us can really understand this, his station on Whiskey Peak Lookout in Josephine County during the war efforts at home. Now, two bits, of course, meant something that wasn't too expensive, uh, you know, 25 cents for a quarter. Right. Uh, and, and this was an isolated U.S. Forest Service fire spotting point. Uh, it was used during World War II to warn about incoming Japanese ac- aircraft. But it was on top of 6,500-foot-high Whiskey Peak, uh, Josephine County, southeastern Josephine County, Rogue River National Forest. This was a brutal station because uh, they had two Army Air Corps officers, Bill, uh, uh, one of them being Bill Ziegler, the Terrier's owner. And they used a crank telephone to report each aircraft that they spotted. And the Forest Service, this was so isolated that 
every two weeks they would try to ski and then meet halfway down this real snowbound trail to bring in food. Well, two bits loved chipmunks. He oh. just thought they were delicious. And so two bits would chase them uh, when they were begging for food. And then in January of that year, 1943, Bill, the fox terrier ran with too much enthusiasm and just <laughs> slid over the ice, disappeared over the cliff. Oh, no. 600-foot uh, drop. And Bill Ziegler watched in horror at the tragedy. He, and, he, and he's figuring that his buddy Two Bits is gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you see, this is such an isolated place. Uh, you know, you're going on two 12-hour shifts, so, so when one is sleeping and eating, the other one is active. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, you know, two bits was really a really good diversion. Well, anyway, one week later, Bill heads down the trail to cut a pole, and son of a gun. He goes around uh, a, a, a really uh, snowed-in uh, curve, and there is two bits. How did he survive? Well, that's a good point, because uh, Two Bits was slowly climbing up, head down, tug out, with a happily wagging tail. But what had happened was the terrier had sailed over uh, in, into a deep snowdrift that cushioned the fall. Oh. But, but then it took him you know, some time to dig himself out uh, to work his way up. Now, this trail, Bill, was two and a half miles up. And, he, and he's a little dog, right? He's a little dog. What, the eight, nine pounds, maybe at the most, maybe a little bit more? I don't know. I know. That's right. And so what's so amazing is that after uh, a meal and some rest, two vets gets back to the chipmunks. He did it again. Off the cliff? A, few, a second a time? Two weeks later, off the cliff. Oh. <laughs> and then amazingly reappeared at the top of Whiskey Peak, because now he figured out how to get back home after a 600-foot drop. It, it's an endearing tale, because what happened is, is that when the two men uh, headed back to their Jacksonville home, the news came out, and the Mail Tribune broke the story about the canine surviving two great plunges without loss of morale, but I don't know about me. I think I'd lose a lot of morale. <laughs> yeah, without without <laughs> physical impairment or loss of morale was the actual quote from the Medford Mail Tribune at that time then, for the dog, right? And then Life Magazine picks it up and runs it nationally uh, as the story of the home effort. And you see, people really kind of forget about, you know, I have bits and snatches from my dad, but uh, this, this was really a brutal war. It was one for survival. Uh, and so in any event, uh, Two Bits lived a good life. He died a few years afterwards, happy. Uh, and uh, the lookout itself, the lookout itself, Bill, was abandoned in the mid-1970s. And it was dismantled later to use its wood at another location. So I have to, I have to just say this. This is one that really stands out. Uh, I, I have also gotten into... Uh, watching uh, on Prime, The Man in the High Castle, which is about what would have happened in World War II uh, if the United States hadn't prevailed. And you had the Nazis coming in on the East Coast and the Japanese uh, uh, administering the West Coast. And, and all of the, the, what makes it so, in a way, fascinating but horrifying is that Joe Hindler Biden, 
is is doing the propaganda, and what he's doing now is so much the way the Nazi propagandists did to try to destroy history, to bring in people that could undermine the country when there was a resistance, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know moves to uh, destroy history. And so, uh, for your listeners, uh, you know you might uh, take a look at it. But it is absolutely in terms of New Hampshire, with in ter- terms of the strategic oil reserve, where Biden says, "Oh no, 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 we don't need that strategic oil reserve because he wants to destroy the opposition party because of the oil uh, uh, prices they can get, the illegal immigrants that are just coming in." Oh, New Hampshire, oh, tells his his media, oh, don't play up that media because uh, in New Hampshire because the fact that I'm not going to be showing up. He didn't even show up for the last election, mm-hmm. Joe Himmler Biden. Yeah, interesting that uh, you you tie this story of the, uh, the the hero dog, and of course, you know why they picked that story up because it was a great human interest story after a very brutal war, and I think people were you know hungering for you know a great you know a great little news story of uh, of of some hope, I guess. You know, hey, if two bits could survive, so could the country, right? Absolutely right, and the reason is is that it became national uh, in uh, you know late '43, early '44, and that's when whether we were going to be able to beat Japan in Nazi Germany was really still up in the air. Yeah, it was still in question at that point in time. You know, the um, I don't know. Did you see that article? I, I talked about this earlier in the show this morning. Because my concern about the United States of America, Doctor, is that uh, we can survive many things, but we're, we may have great difficulty surviving our elites, the current crop of elites that actually run the country, including Biden and, uh, and fellow uh, travelers. But there was a, a Federalist article that was uh, talking about a survey. They actually surveyed what they considered to be the elite crop in the United States of America, graduate degrees, making more than $100,000, living in densely populated urban areas. And these people, when surveyed and and speaking honestly, and of course this would also mean the Beltway too, two-thirds of them say too much freedom in America, too much free speech, all sorts of things. And and they support eliminating meat, eliminating cars, eliminating, uh, you know, know, uh, saying you can only fly for uh, you know necessary transportation, which I would imagine if you're an elite means that you could qualify. <laughs> you know your work's way too important. Can we survive our current crop of elites? Is the question that keeps running through my mind because they're like internal traders. The way I look at it. Well, that's a very good point because on the definition of elites, uh, first of all, as to the age of mm-hmm. these uh, elites, I'm wondering if they're in an age group like let's say. 35 to 55, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, that is the class that has been pampered, has gone through these Ivy League, uh, uh, you know, DSI encampments. Uh, and well, they, Justin Trudeau would be a perfect example, you know, or an illustration of that, you know, even though he's in Canada, but same kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Same sort of thing. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then you go ahead uh, and you take a look at the other elites who really you know, I just shake my head at the fact that they're doing what they're doing. Uh, uh, carry, far left wacko. Yeah, but can you survive your elites when they're like that? I mean, that's that's the question that keeps running through my mind. Can we survive the current elites? Okay, and- I'm I'm generally optimistic, but on this one, because of the fact that 
the national news that people listen to when they're working for a living, NBC, CBS, CNN, all these other ones are so twisted uh, and don't and, and they will never tell you the entire they'll leave out some words and then run with the story that comes from Washington. Well, well remember, the Hunter, the Hunter Biden laptop was uh, a Russian disinformation plot, uh, a plot, Absolutely. wasn't it? And wasn't that what uh, 50 or so uh, intelligence agents, yeah, agency that, people know, ended up saying, you know, yeah, signing that, that letter? Right. Yeah, that's Joe Himmler Biden, along with mm-hmm. uh, his sidekicks, Soros and Obama. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway. Let's break and let's return to uh, what else is going on. Maybe we could dig into a little bit of the uh, the Ashland camping ordinance. I know that that is going into effect now. And oh, absolutely, yeah. that'd be a good one to go into. What it. do we know? And you know, well, could is it something that other people could do? Could it actually help? I don't know. We'll kick it all around next with uh, Doctor Powers <laughs> along with your calls seven seven zero five six three three KMED KCMD. Is your business or personal tax return under IRS audit? Tell the IRS First Response Resolution has got it. First Response Resolution in Eagle Point, your local tax resolution experts. Visit firstresponseirs.com and talk to Zach in Eagle Point. He'll defend your rights as a taxpayer. Should you trust your drinking water on a do-it-yourself water test? I don't think so. At the Grants Pass Water Lab, we get a lot of calls about this. The kits are cheap, and yeah, they look easy, but the results can be confusing and still require a lab follow-up. Save your money and go straight to the water lab. Our equipment is much better at detection, and our staff sure beats a hard-to-read instruction packet. Find us online at thewaterlab.com or gpwaterlab.com. Spectrum Mobile brings you our best deal to start the new year. Now you can get unlimited mobile for $15 per line when you get two lines. Spectrum Mobile includes nationwide 5G and the fastest wireless speeds with unlimited talk, text, and data. Switch to Spectrum Mobile Unlimited for just $15 per line for 12 months when you get two lines with no added taxes or hidden fees and no contracts. Start saving on your mobile bill now. Call 855-235-4651 or visit a Spectrum store near you. Offer subject to change. Valid for new and qualified customers. Service not available in all areas. Per line activation fees, Spectrum Internet, and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. By Coastal Media's Best of Southern Oregon magazine is online at bestofsouthernoregon.com. Find the winners in nearly 200 categories by flipping through the magazine online or sort by category and discover Southern Oregon's best suppliers of goods and services, like the Retro Wormhole, Father and Son Jewelry, and Agave in Bloom. Congratulations to the award winners from By Coastal Media, publishers of Best of Southern Oregon. Nominations for 2024-25 start in spring. Visit bestofsouthernoregon.com. Honestly, provocative talk radio on the Lars Larson Show. Boy, could America use some of what Javier Malay is delivering in Argentina. He's the brand new president, and boy, the media can't hate him enough. They don't like him because he seems to be a conservative, and he actually cares about running a government within the budget that government has. And Argentina, Argentina makes our problems pale by comparison. Lars, catch him live noon to 3 on KMED and KCMD. The Bill Meyer Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. 828, back with Dr. Powers. Uh, Doc, we may put the homeless uh, story on uh, hold just for a moment here, and maybe after the next break. But uh, Sylvia's here. It has to do with, uh, she enjoyed your story about two bits, you know, the World War II uh, hero dog (laughs) from Joe County. But uh, Sylvia, your concern had to do with uh, your experience at the VA Dom. I know it's called something different now, but everybody still calls it the Dom, you know, that I'm aware of here. And it had to do with them moving the museum. And that would be something Dr. Powers would be interested in. Go ahead. 
Well, we um, we talked to a really nice man. His name was Al, 95 years old, mm-hmm. and he was wonderful. And he told us that um, they moved the museum last last year sometime, and um, apparently, you know, he the the new museum was really nice and very modern. I'm not putting it down at all, and we we all enjoyed the tour that they gave us. But, um, you know, he said that they, they left a lot of historical artifacts in the old museum and they were just basically not cleaning it up or bringing any of them over. And it was like, in, in my heart, in my mind, it was part of the let's erase the history of all this and, you know, just get rid of it all. Yeah. So, you know, I just thought, wow, that's... It, it's so sad what this administration is doing. Do you, do you think that's actually something that came from the administration here, Sylvia? And then I'll, I'll see what the doctor has to say about that. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I think it, it, he said somebody from the federal government came in and reorganized it and wanted to make the make a new new museum. So they they didn't, but apparently they didn't move all of this things that he felt were important to move over there. But let me say this, it was it was amazing. My family enjoyed what we saw. It was it was really good and the the people were really nice. And we you had to make an appointment. You can't just go in there. We we had to make an appointment to see it. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was a museum there. So thanks for letting uh, thanks for letting me know about that. Yeah, it was amazing. If you get a chance to go, it would be it would be really cool to have people go there and, you know, make it a big deal. All right, appreciate the call. Thanks for that, Sylvia. You know, doctor, uh, that's that's kind of interesting that a lot of stuff gets uh, either discarded or, or or put away. Does Southern Oregon Historic Society or Historical Society partner with uh, the VA in any way? I'm just curious. Do you know? Oh, it partners with with uh, a number of different contributors that contribute, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they have uh, a huge storage facility that I've been through, and it's at a place that where we do not discuss because of the valuableness of what's there. Yeah, the potential for vandalism. Yeah, we want to avoid that for sure. I think I think the best thing to do, and I've seen this work, and you probably would would have other ideas on this is for her to get in touch with Cliff Bentz. I remember with Greg Walden through some friends of mine, uh, I would go there with Judy, uh, you know, at fundraisers and get togethers. And I would watch uh, people go ahead and talk uh, with him as Mm -hmm. to individual problems that were happening. I think that'd probably be the best way of doing it. Um, but uh, on the other hand, on the historical society, I'm not too sure that that is where it's the best place is going to be. I think it's going to be coming in best coming in through Cliff. Okay, yeah. The reason I brought that up, it would seem that if the uh, you know if the Dom was discarding you know historical artifacts, you know because of nature of a museum reorganization, you'd hate to see them just discarded. I mean, totally discarded. You'd want to see those going to maybe some place that would be able to use them at some point, or at least preserve them for the future. The military is run by Biden. Uh, this this is true. They <laughs> would say will, they would say we are not going to talk about war. we will not do anything we will not have anything uh, here uh, worth looking at because all of these people were from those deep dark ages in which uh, there was not diversity, <laughs> equity, and inclusion. Got it. All right, uh, Doc, hang on. And, then we'll talk homeless here just a little bit, and uh, we'll have more on that coming up. If you can hang on for one more segment, eight thirty-two news is next on KMED KCMD. Uh, 
Big news is uh, certainly no surprise to you if you've received the insurance renewal anytime soon. It's going up, and it's going up big time. You need a friend that is there to help you and uh, and work the different companies and have them go to work for you and come up with the best deal. And that's Steve Yancey at Sky Park Insurance. Sky Park is an independent insurance agent about saving hundreds of dollars a year for a number of years now. And uh, about a year ago, uh, my insurance went up big time. And Steve said, well, okay, let's do some work and get some different companies. Got a different company, still looking good. And uh, that's the sort of stuff that he'll do. You have to give him a shot, though. 261-5444, He works with all the big companies, and he'll uh, try to come up with the best deal for you. Home, auto, life, whatever it is you're looking at here, you want to talk with Steve. 261-5444-skyparkins.com. And by the way, Lynn Barton has joined the uh, crew there recently, and she is uh, is working on Medicare enrollment and Medicare insurance. So if you have questions for her, and that's pretty easy, too, 499-0958. But once again, skyparkins.com. And where they say... At Skypark, we make insurance easy. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 Morning News Update. A new camping ordinance is going into effect in Ashland this week. The law bans camping near schools and playgrounds, on walkways, or near any fences, trees, buildings, or vehicles. It includes exceptions for camping when there is no shelter space available or if the offender is involuntarily homeless. Mayor Tanya Graham says the city council also directed its staff to create a map showing where camping is not allowed, but that map has not been released to the public yet. And the Oregon Employment Department is providing an update on the months-old Paid Leave Oregon program. The OED reports they received over 45,000 verified applications thus far. It says about 85% of the applicants were eligible for benefits. The OED says that there have been reports of delays, but that many of these are due to people not responding to their identity verification letters. The agency says it also sees mistakes that people make when filing, which results in delays. In addressing other concerns on their end, like longer wait times or preventing fraud, the OED says they're working to continue training and find solutions for efficiency. It's recommended that employees apply 30 days in advance for known events like births or surgeries. For more information, you can go to paidleaveoregon.gov. And for local news anytime, head to our website, kobi5.com, or to our Facebook, KOBI TV NBC5. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. This hour of The Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post-frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. Johnson Builders is the leading authority of post and frame construction in Southern Oregon and Northern California for over 20 years. Save on shops, garages, barns, and covered riding arenas during their winter sale. For commercial, industrial, or residential, they have you covered with the lowest pricing of the year while the winter sale lasts. Visit www.johnson.builders or check them out on Instagram at Johnson Builders Corp for ideas on your project. Financing available. Johnson Builders, building for your future. Bill Meyer with Sharice from No Wires Now. So glad I switched a dish. And if your listeners have DirecTV or cable TV, they're paying too much. And you made it easy to switch. Plus, I got the Hopper DVR and Dish's very cool voice-activated remote. Call today, tell me what you have, how much you're paying, and I think you're going to love Dish. I'll even help you lower your existing internet and cell phone bill. Call Sharice like I did. 541-680-5875. NoWiresNow.com. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Internet and cell phone service are not provided by Dish. 
Happy New Year from everyone at Good Guys Guns. This month, all in-stock Glocks are $20 off, including Blue Label. Good Guys Guns also offers layaway plans to meet every budget. Did you know that Good Guys Guns offers professional firearm cleaning? Don't forget to sign up for their next concealed handgun class on February 11th. Good Guys Guns, the Valley's premier gun shop, 4934 Crater Lake Avenue in Medford, and online at goodguysguns.com. That's Good Guys Guns. Good Guys Guns. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. Back with Dr. Powers. We appreciate you being on, Doc, and... I don't know. Can't exactly say I'm surprised. We'll do a little bit of politics before we get into local politics and the homeless situation. Not any real surprise that, uh, not Senator, I'm sorry, Governor Ron DeSantis ended up dropping out. But I thought it was a pretty classy way he ducked out. Did you see that? Yeah, how he bowed out yesterday? Did you see that video? Uh, yeah, I did, but why don't you continue? Yeah, I just thought that uh, the fact that he uh, he said, hey, we got to get out, there's no path forward and this is a, a time of choosing, and that he threw his support behind uh, former President Trump, and he says we can't go back to the ways of the Republican Party in the past. I thought it was uh, well said what he did. Just thought I'd just note that. That's all. Uh, you did a good job on that. No. Well, they need they need a little bit of of, of uh, unanimity uh, in a a party that is somewhat fractured because of the far left. Yeah, and I know that they tend to break it down between. Um, you know, MAGA and everybody else. But it really is kind of like, okay, who is the conventional establishment? What I would dare say it used to be called the, um, you know, the Chamber of Commerce type Republicans, you know, the ones taking uh, those sort of things. But I would definitely say that uh, Nikki Haley is probably more comfortable within that group. When you, you say? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So the question is, is, is uh, what will happen and in, in when, Will she continue, although as an alternative, people like her? Yeah. Well, um, I'm not a fan of the uh, the globalist war-making capability. You know, if you're, um, you know, once you've been part of the military-industrial complex, it's it's kind of tough. You know, it's like, why can't you quit them, Mickey? Uh, Vic, I'm sorry, Nikki. Why can't you quit them, Nikki? <laughs> That's what yeah. I would say. Yeah. But you know darn well that the Beltway would much prefer to see uh, Nikki Haley as president than former President Trump. But we'll see where this is going. But it's definitely Trump's to lose, wouldn't you say? Has to be. There's no, yeah, no yeah. two ways That's about it. That's exactly what's going to happen. And then we can wait to see what is the shoes that are going to be thrown out and the irrational exuberance that will happen Oh, maybe about three months before the election date in terms of of uh, the stock market. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that will be happening. Be- in other words, what black swan will be thrown out to uh, muddy the waters? Hmm? Oh, also in terms of, of uh, you know, you, you can't trust uh, when you, you know, we used to go ahead a few years ago, Bill, and discuss uh, before Biden got in about how, uh, the unemployment numbers were and, how, how they're always cooked, and we were discussing them then. But then it was like the fact that they would have, a, a, you know, a, uh, a five hundred and fifty thousand uh, jobs created four years ago, five years ago, and now the big deal is whether it's one hundred seventy-five thousand or one hundred eighty thousand. I mean. Uh, and the numbers, the way that they go back and forth, they're just plain cooked. Yeah, great. You know, I was, um, I don't know, are you, a, are, are you a member of LinkedIn, by chance? Uh, uh, oh, no, no. I, I've been very careful 
not to get involved with those. Okay, well, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn just because it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a contact area for professionals, things like that. But I was reading an article on there the other day, which I find interesting. LinkedIn jobs on the Rise 2024, the 25 fastest growing roles in the United States. And it's interesting the jobs that are on the way up and uh, which ones you don't hear about. Number one is chief growth officer. That's the number one job, a chief growth officer. I've never even heard of the term chief growth officer. Did you ever hear about that as <laughs> professor of business? Well, is that a CEO, a COO, or, or you know, what is the specific responsibility? It sounds like it's person? another way there. It says chief growth officers develop mm-hmm. and execute an organization's strategy for driving revenue, expanding market presence, and ensuring sustainable growth. Hmm. All right. Well, that's, show, that's showing a lot of small businesses that are in trouble. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, number two job is government program analyst. You evaluate the effectiveness and efficiency of public sector programs. I find it interesting that the number two job in the country right now is a government job. Don't you find that interesting? Well, sure. And and as they spend their time doing this, we already have, what, 200,000 people in the Department of Energy that we don't need that are already doing that? Yeah, yeah. Number Number three job, environment health safety manager. So you have that safety uh, director of Revenue Operations. Oh, sustainability analyst. That sounds like an ESG type of thing, isn't it, right? Are you ticking oh. the boxes? All yeah, right. what they did is they've taken affirmative action and they've just thrown it into DEI. Number seven, vice president of diversity and inclusion. That's the number seven job in the entire country as far as job growth in there. And that's, you see, that's what happens when uh, a government like Joe Himmler Biden has control over media and also control over businesses that want government contracts. What astounds me most of all, though, is to go down this, uh, and I'm not going to read them all, okay, but uh, just some of the highlights that jumped out at me. What strikes me is how many of these jobs that are the top 25 jobs on, uh, on LinkedIn produce nothing. You know what I'm getting at? You know, you know oh, what, happen- what happens to a country in which uh, so many of the top jobs really produce nothing but are really there to react and or facilitate government regulation? Isn't that weird when you look at it? They don't really well, produce anything. Well, with Billy Bob and, and Obama, uh, with Soros, you've got a $34 trillion debt. And when you see how much that has increased, California is the same thing, but they don't care because as long as they can get power... Uh, they feel that they will be able to take care of this debt by jumping up taxes on everyone else. Okay, well, speaking of the debt, though... Uh, not, ballot harvester. Okay, well, speaking of the uh, of the debt, though, the number 14 job in the country right now for growth, grants program managers. So you got to get your share of the uh, grease, you know, going out there from government once again. Well, so. you know, Bill, unfortunately, for nonprofits, that's a really important type of thing, and that is with a far-left psychosis. Yeah, I know, but the problem with the nonprofit world here, Doc, and I I don't know if you, maybe I'm engaging too much, is that the nonprofit world, in conjunction with the government world, the nonprofit world is like one, uh, is is the government just from a different angle, and the government government ends up funding it. Look at, uh, uh, well, what what was it, uh, what was the article I was reading over the weekend? Oh, the uh, New Yorker. With the article on Stabbing Wagon. Did you catch that? Don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, but you know, you're absolutely right on that because uh, there are those. Uh, I mean, look, look at the 
the monies that are going into the unions mm-hmm. that are not nonprofit. There's always ways of of going ahead, especially in this administration that wants non-transparent power to do it. And you're absolutely right. I've yeah. seen it myself uh, in our region. But a country that does that has most of its major job growth coming from areas that don't produce anything. Of course, I suppose it's like kind of like TikTok influencer. I imagine if I go down to number 26 or so, I'll probably find that in there. So, you know, am I finding TikTok influencer? Mm. No, it doesn't make the top 25, but if you talk to your typical Gen Z or like my son, you'd be, oh, hey, I'm going to become a TikTok influencer and make money uh, mm. s- selling paper clothing. I don't know. Mm. Uh, mm. But anyway, can you? what can you tell us, though, about the new homeless? We'll shift gears here. I'm, I'm rant off, okay? Um what can you what can you tell us about the new Ashland homeless ordinance? And I find it fascinating that there was a division of opinion and that some people didn't want it. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the key thing, though, is you have to look at the overview of Martin versus Boise, mm-hmm. uh, that Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decision, which prohibited governments in nine western states from, quote-unquote, punishing homeless people for sleeping outside when cities didn't have adequate shelter space available. That, was, that appeal was taken up last week by the Supreme Court. Uh, and there should be uh, orals coming in in a few months and uh, possibly a decision made in June, July that, that will be released uh, later. In your opinion, do you think there's truly an eighth—is it the Eighth Amendment, uh, you know, protection— Against uh, you know unjust punishment, you know those sort of things, and uh, and, and overly fining and things like that. Do you think that uh, that there's a, a case to be made that means that you can sleep anywhere on public land, you know, because well, that's of that what's reason? What's going to happen? Uh, and it, and and the legal side in this administration is absolutely not needed. They could care less. Because let me tell you the key thing, Bill. Okay. The key thing. The key thing is to take a look to see what happened uh, in terms of, of uh, with this case before it was appealed up. Uh, a state law in 2021 in Oregon blocks cities from punishing people sleeping outside on public property. There are too many laws that have been passed uh, by uh, this, this, these far-left people that really want to go ahead and, 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 and sidetrack people from risk really going on. So, first of all, uh, you know, and that's implicit. That's implicit in Ashland's ordinance uh, that you cannot criminally prosecute a homeless person for where they camp. Okay. So that means also when you go into all the myriad of the details, what uh, Tina Kotek is trying to do is to go ahead and get all the places in there where they can go ahead. All right. And what? And this ordinance, apparently, um, and I'm looking at some of the coverage on this, they've tightened it up. And I, I guess what the city of Ashland has done, though, is that they've created buffers where people can't come up in public and they've changed rules on uh, taking out campsites. So apparently some people are complaining because it's kind of a patchwork of where you can't sleep. Well, you, can, you can't you do know, it near but, schools. You can't do it near some of the parks and on sidewalks. And I guess there's talk about actually creating a map that you can give to the homeless. Hey, here's where you can camp and here you can't. Here where you can't. Absolutely. But that, this is just bull S. 
BS. Mm-hmm. How are you going to tell where a homeless is going to sleep? How are you going to go ahead? You talk about 100 yards from rivers, streams, fences, trees, buildings, and vehicles. Who's measuring? The, you know, Bill, this is poppycock. And, and let me tell you why. The one that they don't talk about, including, well, of course, JPR didn't go into it, and of course, Salem didn't go into it, is a ban that they cannot stay uh, on and sleep on a public bench for more than two hours. Well, who in the hell is going to enforce it? I have an idea. I think you take those parking enforcers and they take a chalk. You know, they take chalk and they just take a chalk and just uh, and wipe it over the bums uh, behind. I don't know. Well, you, <laughs> you, know, you know, my friend, I, I wish I could be optimistic with you on this, but this is the same type of stuff we've seen that have gotten into this problem. Uh, and it's a nice thing that sounds, you know, to a public that is totally uh, buffooned mm. by everything going on. And now the camping has been banned in the city of Ashton for over a decade. I mean, if you go into all of the, de- the details here to go into this, uh, let- let's just start this way. Uh, aspects of the ordinance, Bill, bans any use of fire or gas stoves while camping. Well, I wonder who's heard the news that really hit, at least you lived in Ashland, behind the, the police station where they're supposed to be sleeping, but they're not. They're outside. But you had three people that got into a big fight, including a couple people that got burned over fire and gas stoves while camping behind the police station. Huh. My hey. friend, this is poppycock. Well, it doesn't seem to be much better in uh, Medford, too. I got an email from uh, Bob Shan that uh, Medford Fire had a Facebook posting on January 18th about uh, a bum camp impeding fire response uh, over off of uh, Regent, or is it uh, Rieger Street? Rieger Street, you know. So this is a growing problem. This is, uh, and, and it seems like it doesn't matter what the cities are doing, it's intractable. And it, and it almost seems until you can recriminalize it, much like recriminalizing drugs, I don't know, does, can you really solve this? A lot of this problem? Right, because you see, the thing is with the homeless, uh, and I can't speak for them, other than the fact that that, uh, when I talk to others who deal with the homeless, if you Mm. catch them in a moment when they're a little bit uh, being honest, it's just that they'll say, well, you know, we just have some problems getting them to do the things that we want to do. Like, you know, we had uh, up there uh, uh, on the south end of Ashland where we had a motel that was converted. It was a big thing that the city council said that the homeless are going to be in. Now, wasn't that the one at uh, the old convention center, right? Uh, no. Oh, but different the, one. The important thing, though, was the fact that uh, homeless families would come in and strip out all the furniture there leave so then they went ahead they being the operators and the city council put bars up and so the homeless said screw you i'm not going to go there you got bars on the windows mm-hmm. no no this this is this is a problem that is being absolutely non-transparent uh and uh, it will never be uh, uh, really solved until we can get people in there they'll be honest and not just go ahead and capitulate to the far left i wanted to ask you as a point of law, since you are not allowed to uh, criminalize or do anything to a homeless person. That, that's the problem. All that's right. Now, since, since you can't do anything, you essentially can't touch, you can call out the livability team like you do in Medford. And then, and I have to tell you, they're doing God's work as far as I'm concerned. They'll talk to them, try to move them along to a place where they have their resources, you know, that kind of thing. Is there any way that you could really prosecute a private landowner, even out in the county someplace, for someone 
taking their RV or parking? Because I know that even right now there are uh, ordinances that say you can't park, uh, you can't camp on uh, on private property. So how can you say you can camp on public property anywhere, but we're going to go out and fine everybody if they set up their junky mobile home out in the middle of, uh, you know, of some uh, county, rural county property? Any, any thoughts on that? That's part of it you know, I, Bill, I've never I heard like talked about. Arguments. I mm-hmm. like your arguments. Legally, they are seductive. Mm-hmm. Uh, my feeling, though, is that you get the ACLU in there, and they will argue the other side about these poor homeless people that need a place to stay and show compassion, and you need to do this, and that's going to be swaying. Yeah, I get that. But in other words, we can't touch the homeless. But on the other hand, if you had a poor relative that uh, you just wanted to put them on a uh, on a trailer on your property, you 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 wouldn't pass, pass muster. You know that they wouldn't let oh, you. Sure. You know sure, that's absolutely right. Because uh, I had friends of mine that needed to do that to put in a secondary building. Uh, you know, for an aging parent and mm-hmm. the hoops that they had to go through for that for their own family and they were going to take care of it themselves mm-hmm. was abominable. All right. Dr. Dennis Powers with me this morning talking a little bit about the uh, homeless ordinance. Doesn't uh, appear you think it's all that effective. Let me grab a, a call no. or two on it and see if they're uh, on topic. Hi, this is Bill and Dr. Powers. Who's this? Bill, it's Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine, Dave. What do you think? Well, gosh, where do I start on this thing? I, I originally called to talk about Nikki Haley, and then this came up. Okay. Um, and I, I have some strong feelings about it. But, you know, the bottom line is it wasn't too long ago where communities like Ashland and Medford could develop their own standards, okay, for these things, okay, right. Right. and enforce them. Now that's absolutely gone. Um, I'll tell you a quick, um, you know, something that hit me recently. You know, I travel for business, and I was up in Eugene last week when I was, you know, during the whole, um, you know, when they were going through that big storm. You know, that was fun. The whole place was shut down. The roads were frozen over. There were branches everywhere. I didn't see any snow plows. I mean, there were a few crews out there. I thought this was this was interesting to me. You know, here we have a big storm coming in, affecting, you know, much of western Oregon, okay? And, and it just didn't seem like there was any priority on that. Now, I know there are people out there working hard. And then you look at, you turn around and look at what Tina Kotek is doing, you know, and, and investing, you know, it's not an investment, but just the money they're throwing at the homeless problem here, that's just, that really, really does nothing. But I, I think what Dr. Powers alluded to earlier is really my biggest problem. It seems like the ACLU is running things here. All right. You, I... anything, you, can't, you can't set up a standard, you can't enforce the law, or the ACLU will, will come in and, and threaten to sue you and, and, I think that's the part, you know, I yeah. think the most. All right, I appreciate that. You know, Doc, he brings up a really interesting point, though. Is it time to declare almost uh, the ACLU as a terrorist organization of sorts, uh, a legal terrorist organization? Because I don't see anything in the Constitution that says that we're supposed to let our society, that we have a duty to let our society go to hell and be uh, drug-addicted and, and raving lunatic uh, run over, you know, kind of thing. Where is that in the Constitution that you're supposed to do that? I well, can't help the- but think that. The ACLU has a very strong presence, uh, and any type of legal attack is not going to work. What, instead of that, that I would recommend is Alliance Defending Freedom. Mm -hmm. There are places where you contribute monies that are, it's a 501c3, and they are the ones that are standing up against the ACLU. So the ACLU has been dominant for years, will continue to be so. Hopefully there will be some other nonprofits that can come in 
But what the Republican Party needs to do is boots on the ground and lots of things we can talk about at another time. But unfortunately, I'm not seeing it right now. All right. Well, Alliance Defending Freedom, I'll have to get in touch with them because I haven't really talked to them a whole lot. And I think it's uh, the thing is, though, is that since obviously we have to engage in lawfare in order to make anything halfway sensible happen. And if that's the case, then you better have some people, you know, counting on the ACLU is not going to necessarily help. And if we're looking for some common sense, uh, Alliance Defending Freedom, and maybe uh, contribute to them also. Doc, I got to roll because I'm uh, turning into a pumpkin, but I always enjoy talking with you. And thanks for the two-bit uh, story. And we'll kick it around next Monday, okay? Thank you, my friend. Take care. We'll, we'll see you then, my friend. Thank you. <laughs>